nights. Um, just a reminder, January 20th, we have men's breakfast at 8.30 here at the church. And then there's a men's Bible study January 6th at 8.30, and that's at the, in the fellowship hall. And then just a couple other things coming up. Um, <clears throat> we have our annual business meeting coming up January 28th, and that will be at 6 p.m., and we're, we're going to have it in the fellowship hall. We're going to have some donuts and some decaf coffee. That way, anybody want caffeine before they go to bed, but I'm giving you decaf. So, um, <clears throat> yes. Yes, you can. You're allowed to be at the business meeting. It's not a closed meeting, so you're allowed to be there. Um, and so, yeah, it's not a problem. Um, and then also just a couple of things. January 1st, Cards of Care Ministry. Please make sure we have updated information papers in the foyer, and I thank you for doing that. And, uh, and then also uh, just a couple things real quick. We have a missionary, Terrence Harris, who's going to be here March 3rd. And then March 24th, our district superintendent will be here for that morning a.m. service. And so uh, Dara Wooten and uh, uh, just excited about that. So anyways, those are some of the announcements. Would you please stand as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father God, we thank you for this evening. Lord, it's something about coming into your house to give you worship and to give you praise as a congregation. Father, you said of two more gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. So you are here right now. We know that you inhabit the praises of your people and that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we set aside everything that we brought in here tonight. We laid at your throne and we focus our attention on worshiping the only King and Lord of Lords. In Jesus' name, amen.
social gathering or just to be here it's because we want to worship you and to fellowship with one another and with your word Father we thank you that again you're the king of kings and the lord of lords you're the one that we come to you're the one that we bow to Lord when we get to heaven we're going to worship you I don't want to wait till I get to heaven to worship you. It starts here. It starts in our hearts. It starts in our minds. It starts in our way we live our life. For you said our spiritual act of worship is to offer our bodies as 
living sacrifices holy and pleasing to you because that is our spiritual act of worship. So Father, we just honor you and we offer ourselves to you tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Sometimes you just gotta get to the feet of Jesus and give him everything, huh? And uh, everybody have a good uh, Christmas, New Year's. Did uh, 2024 start off with a bang for you or a dull, duh, you know, like a dud? <laughs> so um, we're going to go back to the, the book of Daniel. And uh, um, you're able to pull up my uh, slides there, Rick. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to go back to the book of Daniel. We left off in chapter 5 of Belshazzar. Shazar. Remember, he was uh, the, the king. He was kind of in a dual kingship with his father, and uh, he got a little arrogant and decided to take the, the, the cups and the, the utensils and the things that came out of the temple of God and use them to drink and party in. And, you know, there was a writing on the, hand, uh, on the wall. You know, I mean, I would freak out if I saw a big giant hand come in here and write on the side of the wall. I'd be wondering the same thing. What is this all about? So Daniel is able to give the interpretation, and it seals uh, Belshazzar's um, fate that evening and that's when uh, uh, we call King Darius or you know there's a lot of and we're going to get into that a little bit tonight but, and I want to pray after we read but that's when King Darius some believe that King Darius was a different king than Cyrus others believe that it was King Cyrus just a different name and so you know there's a lot of uh, different variations I did a lot of study and I didn't even know there was a difference I thought they were the same man but their scholars are in debate on who this is and so um, but uh, we will uh, we will look at that here in just a moment. Uh, but let's let's open up here in chapter six. We're going to read the whole chapter. It's twenty eight verses, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to just get through what we can get through tonight. So Daniel chapter six it says it pleased Darius to appoint one hundred and twenty satraps to rule throughout the kingdom, with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and, not, uh, and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the administrators and the satraps went to a group to the king, went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects and satraps, advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, O king, issue the decree and put it into writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree into writing. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. 
So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the lot of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation not, might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I, found I have, was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. And before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and men everywhere of, of, of every language throughout the land. May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity we have to hear from your words. Lord, these aren't just words on paper. These are living words. They come from you. I pray, Father, the Old Testament points to the New Testament. That when we study this tonight, that we see that your hand, not only that it was with Daniel, but it is with us to protect us, to keep us. You have placed your hand upon us and your favor upon us, which is grace. God is your vessel. I can do nothing apart from you. Speak through me what you want to say to the people tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I know that's a long chapter, but in order, it, it, when you get into the book of Daniel, you almost have to read the whole chapter to see what's going on. I don't like reading halfway through and you're going, what is this all about? And this is a wonderful story. How many of us from school, even when we went to children's church as kids, learned about Daniel and the lion's den? This is one of those stories. But it's not just a story. God's word is true. This really happened. And so we got to look at the Bible as not just a bunch of stories, but things that really happened. And that God really did these things. And God still works in those same miraculous ways. 
I mean, I, I'm blown away by what God can do and how he does things. And, and, and we shouldn't be surprised, and I've shared this with you before, but every time God does something for me new, I am surprised. Right? <laughs> wow, God, you did that. And God's like, yeah, and I'll do it again. Right? So I've titled the message, A Man of Uncompromised Loyalty. Something we need today in our society is commitment and loyalty. Daniel was loyal to the Lord. He was loyal no matter what it cost him. So just a little, uh, a little history on here. If you'll notice, at the end of the chapter, it talked about King Darius, and then it talked about Cyrus. So most, Darius is mentioned most likely is an important officer, or what we call king in the scripture here, who was appointed by King Cyrus to govern the province of Babylon. And so that's where I, I say a lot of scholars are debate on that. Uh, uh, we don't really know, right? We won't know until we get to heaven. But the scripture does tell us it was in the province of where King Cyrus was over Persia. Uh, many scholars believe, again, Darius here to be the officer under King Cyrus known as Gubaru. Can anybody say that five times? Uh, I mean, sometimes I have a hard time with these, and I'll even study the, how you say it, and then I get up there on Sunday or Wednesday, and I'm going, I don't got it. It is important not to confuse Darius the Mede with Darius I, who ruled from 522 B.C. to 486 B.C. You might not need that information, but just in case you wanted to know, uh, there is a difference there. Others believe this is Darius to be Darius, and I'm not going to say the name because I'll mess it up. Cyaxares, I'll try it, the second, who ruled for about two years, followed by the rule of King Cyrus. Now, Darius was responsible for the Jews restoring the temple in Jerusalem. This is the king. This is King Darius. <coughs> and Cyrus is responsible for that. King Cyrus is known as the king that allowed the Jews to go back out of captivity to rebuild their temple, which again was a prophetic word that God spoke through Jeremiah and Jeremiah 32 when he filled out a piece of paper and he bought land from, from his relative and put it in the ground. And God said, in 70 years' time, you're going to be back into your homeland. And so this is that king. Now, here's the wonderful thing. God will use ungodly people to advance his kingdom and his plans. He will use ungodly people to advance his plans. <coughs> He's in charge. Regardless of who this might be, we know that he ruled Babylon and was in charge of Daniel. So Daniel is the prime minister under the leadership of Darius the Mede. Darius had well over 122, uh, 120 princes to help him rule. Over these 120, Darius placed three governors to lead them. One of these governors was Daniel. Why do we need to know all this? Because this is where the story comes up. Jealousy has problems. Jealousy causes a lot of problems. Of these three governors, Daniel was placed in a position over the other two. So I want you to see that. This is where we get into the story of why these satraps or these princes were upset with Daniel. Number one, he was a Jew. Even Jews are still hated today. Why is it that one race that's, that has come back from their homeland that's been spread out, as the scripture says, to the four corners of the earth, it's the only race of people that has still been together and kept their traditions all these thousands of years? What's that say about whose hand is on the Jews? 
I say that because of all that's going on right now. God's hands are on the Jews. They're the only race of people to be still alive, to, to keep all their, their um, traditions. They've kept all their traditions all these years. All right, so Daniel is promoted. What did Daniel do to attract the attention of the king? Look, look at verse 1 through 3. It said, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of who was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Let's stop there. What did Daniel do to attract the attention of the king? He distinguished himself among the administrators. Some translators use the words excellent spirit to describe Daniel's character. There was something different about Daniel. Can I say that about us as believers? People need to see that exceptional character within us. They need to see something different about us. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be perfect because there's only been one perfect man, and his name was Jesus. And that doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. I was grumpy yesterday. Anybody have a bad week? I've had one of those weeks. I'm just admitting. And I was grumpy yesterday. There was a guy, I was at Walmart, and I'm going to admit it. Your pastor, I was so glad nobody was around. But I was at Walmart yesterday, and this guy, this lady's backing out, and he just comes flying by. And I yelled. I'm with my daughter, and I said, can't you see she's backing out? They didn't care. I thought I felt good about it. And I felt bad for the lady. That doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes, but what it does say is what's the difference between us and the world? You know, Scripture says we're to be in the world, but not what? Of it. And our character says a lot about who we are. So he had an excellent spirit. The word distinguished here comes from the Hebrew word yatar, which means preeminent, surpassing, extreme, extraordinary. Most commentaries say that Daniel had a good work ethic and good attitude. So do we have a good work ethic? Do we have a good attitude? I have to ask myself that. You have to ask yourself. Some of you, if you're retired, well, do I have a good work ethic? Well, do you have a good work ethic with what God's given you? Right? Amen. So that says a lot about who Daniel was. And again, Daniel represents who? He represents God. You and I represent who? We represent God. I'm going to tell you, we're all going to give an account to God what we did for him on this earth. Now, again, if you're saved, you're not going to give an account for what you did wrong because that's under the blood. But you will give an account for what you did wrong as far as your things for the... Let me explain this a little bit better. We're going to be rewarded for what we do for Jesus because I don't want to get this wrong. We're going to be rewarded for what we do for Jesus. And if we have wrong motives of why we do things or we have a bad attitude... Uh, those are going to be the things I think they're going to be burned up. The things that we do with a good attitude and right attitude, those are the jewels and the, and the things that we're going to get that he talks about, the rewards, gold and silver. And, and who knows what those things are? That's what I'm explaining here. So we need to have a character like Daniel did. And there is a difference between Daniel and us today. Men and women of the Old Testament, they might have got the Spirit would come upon them, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. You and I are born again under the new covenant, and therefore we have the Holy Spirit residing in us. So if a man didn't have the Holy Spirit residing in him, 
was able to have a good character, what should we have with the Holy Spirit inside of us? And I'm sure people are going to be like, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. No, I think he served the Lord and God was with him. But again, under the new covenant, God's Spirit fills us up. We're called the temple of the Holy Spirit. So Daniel, I like James Vernon McGee. How many of you guys ever heard of James Vernon McGee? You ever listen to him on the radio? He's got that uh, southern talk, real slow. And, and you know. But I like what he says. Daniel not only had a seniority in this group, he had superiority. That he possessed an excellent spirit means Daniel was a spirit-filled man. I guess he just contradicted what I said. But the king had such confidence in him that he placed Daniel next to himself in position and power. And again, I'm not perfect, so if I got that wrong, you're welcome to go be a brain and study it. And, and, I, and I'm open for correction on that, you know, as far as the spirit-filled man. We're all learning together. Amen? All right. Do people recognize an excellent spirit in us? And there should, have not, there should not have been two question marks there. But do people recognize an excellent spirit in us? Does our family recognize an excellent spirit in us? We have to ask that same question. I guess you could ask it twice, right? You can have two question marks. My grammar's wrong there, but let's do that. It's a good thing to remind ourselves, do people recognize an excellent spirit in us? So look at what Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 and 16 say. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. The Apostle Paul is speaking to the Philippians there. And I like what he says here. Uh, one, uh, it was a crooked uh, generation then, and it's a crooked generation today, isn't it? And so God says here, Paul says here, and this is going back to Daniel about having an excellent spirit. Do we do things without grumbling and arguing? Are we blameless and pure? I love that. <laughs> hey, this is, this is a Bible study. That's okay. You can talk. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Are we blameless and pure? Again, blameless doesn't mean perfect. And that's what Paul's saying to the Philippians here, and that's what Daniel had. And are we children of God without fault in a warped and crooked... Do people notice a difference? And I mention that a lot. Do people notice a difference in me? And then it says this, Then you will shine like what among the stars in the sky? You and I, God has called us as a city on a hill that cannot be what? Hidden. Look at what Colossians chapter 3, verses 23 through 24 says. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So you and I are serving who? We're, seeing, we're serving Jesus. I think I've shared with you a bit and this goes for your guys' baptismal service this week. And I've shared with you, but when we were, when we were in Upton and we did a baptismal service, remember me sharing this uh, story with you? That one of my deacons, as we were baptizing, when we got home, some of the pictures, like when my daughter got, my oldest got baptized, there was a dove there with light. And then on his reflection, he had no beard. He was clean cut, short hair. I mean, and his reflection in her picture she took was a man with a a robe with a beard and a, and a turban on his head 
And I mean, I look like Jesus. And that was his reflection in the water. And so if we don't think Jesus is present when we're doing things, he is. So whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Can I tell you, there's one audience we work for. There's one person we work for. Everybody has their opinions, but there's one that we work for, and it's him. He's got the ultimate opinion, right? And we're going to have rewards from that. It is the Lord Christ that we are serving. He is our master. Lord. So Daniel was working for an audience of one. He worked for the Lord with all of his heart, and God promoted him. When you work for the Lord, now that doesn't always mean he's going to promote you in the way that you think you're going to get promoted in. I got I to gotta catch you in there, because that doesn't always mean you're going to get this big promotion at your job. But God will promote you in different areas of your life. Again, he had an excellent spirit because his heart was in the right place. His focus was on Jesus. Number two, Daniel is opposed. So let's look at here, verses, um, look in verses four through five. Opposition arises. When you serve God, opposition is going to arise. Look at verse four. Athos, the administrators, and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. I love that. The only thing that we can charge this guy with is him serving his God. Guys, that should be us. The only thing people should be able to charge us with is, man, that person really loves Jesus, right? So the other administrators, were, one, they were jealous and devised this evil plan. Anytime you serve God, opposition's going to arise. And it's not always easy. Satan hates it when we're doing things for the Lord. When people are getting saved, filled with the Spirit, they're doing what God's called them to do, Satan gets mad. He gets upset. So, look at this. Jealousy will cause us to do a lot of unhealthy things. Cain is a good example of what jealousy can cause. Remember Cain? Abel offered the uh, sacrifice, if you don't know the story, and uh, uh, Adam and Eve, one of their children, right? Both, well, not one of them, both of their children, Cain and Abel, right? You know the story. Abel offered the right sacrifice from the heart, and Abel, uh, or Cain didn't. A lot of people try to say it was a blood sacrifice, that it really didn't come down to the blood sacrifice. And I can argue it came to the heart issue because even in the Old Testament, God still took grain offerings. And so what it came really came down to, and, and if, if, if there's any disagreement, I'm open for anything, okay? I'm not saying it's, it's 100%, but I really think it comes down to the heart. What we do for God comes from the heart. It starts here. And so what happened? Cain gets jealous because God honors Abel's sacrifice. Cain gets mad and goes, that's not fair. So what did he do? He killed his brother. And that still happens today. People get upset or angry and get jealous and envious. Envy is a form of jealousy. I want what they have and I'll do whatever it takes to get what they have. Look at 1 Corinthians 3.3. 3. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? 
Okay, I like what he says in that scripture, mere humans. How many of us are human tonight? Oh, all of us. If we're not, then we got to go with all these other guys that talk about these UFOs and all that UAPs. And... But listen, when I was in the service, when I went to Saudi Arabia in, in 99, we, uh, we were at Prince Sultan Air Force Base, just out in the desert, which is really cool because I found out we were only like 300 miles from the real Mount Sinai, which is awesome. And I remember uh, we'd go to Bible studies every night, and, and we'd have tech sergeants and staff sergeants. And I remember one master sergeant, a black guy, he, I love this guy. I'd, I'd go to the gym. He used to call me the little ant because I could, I could weight lift a lot, but I never gained in muscle. It looked like I was small. But he was a master sergeant. And I remember one night I was out there complaining, just, oh, well, Lord, I'm just human because of my attitude. I'm just human. So I got a Bible study that night, and in his notes, he had this little flip note, and he'd have his little sermon written out. He goes, and don't just say you're only human because God's spirit lives in you, and he's given you the power to overcome these things. And I went, oh, you know those moments when God goes, knocks, you know, my dad used to pop me upside the head when I was a kid. He still does it once in a while, so it doesn't matter how old you are. Your dad still does it, right? Um, but, uh, you know, that's kind of what God did to me. And that's what he says here. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? We're acting like the world. Are you not acting like mere humans? So their jealousy caused them to devise this plan. But I want to look at a couple things about Daniel before we go on. Let's look in verse, look, look in verse uh, 3. We're going we're gonna to recap a little bit on here. So now Daniel distinguished himself among the administration. Notice there was a difference between Daniel and the other administrators. Remember that excellent spirit, excellent quality. And the satraps, by his ex exceptional qualities, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Verse 4, Athos, the administrators, and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. They were going to see if he was uh, negligent in his government or if he was cheating or doing something he shouldn't have been doing. And they couldn't find anything. Hallelujah. And then, and then look at this. But, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. We should be like that. And then he says, because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges. I love that. When you go through that, you're going, wow. God, help me to be like that. Help me to be like Daniel. So what was their plan? Let's look at verse 6 here. So the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. Notice they're all, Oh, king. King, we love you, king. Listen to us. They're buttering him up. I used to have guys like that when I worked at Tulsa County. And I could say that I worked there for 12 years. And you always knew when somebody was buttering up the boss, something was up. They were trying to get something. And that's exactly what these guys are doing. Oh, king, live forever. Look at verse 7. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or man during the next 30 days except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. They knew Daniel was going to be faithful 
to his God. They knew that he was faithful. Do people recognize that we're faithful to our God? Do they recognize it? And that's what they did with him. They came up with this. Now, understand this. In the Medes and the Persians, when they wrote an edict, it was set and still. So once the king said it, because they considered him to be like God. So if he were to change his mind, then he was not what? God. So if he wrote a decree, he could not change that decree. Which is interesting because our God, he can change his mind if he wants to, right? He's God. So that just tells you how limited they thought their God was. So they got the king to issue a decree. Look at verse 7 here. The royal administrators, so they, they went to him. Look at verse 8. Now, O king, issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. I think this king was a little bit uh, too, uh, uh, too anxious to do this. Impulsive. He didn't think of the consequences because he liked Daniel. He, didn't, he, he made a quick decision. Some of us are, I'm, I'm bad at that sometimes. Sometimes I make quick decisions. Uh, how about us, so I'm going to pick on wives and husbands tonight, okay? Uh, and, 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 and this is a good thing. And I, I've learned this from, you know, just watching some, uh, one, dealing with some marriage stuff, but also from watching a lot of marriage stuff. How many of you guys have watched some marriage stuff and they talk about this? A man likes to fix things right away. And we got to give our wife a little bit of space, Right? If, if there's been an argument, right, you got to give her a little bit of space. To, and we like to try to fix things. And get, oh, okay, it's okay, because that's the way guys are, right? Guys have come to it. We'll figure it out. We'll get it fixed. But women need a little bit more time. And so when we try to fix it, sometimes we make it what? Worse, right? And I think that's what this king did. He didn't think about it. He liked Daniel. And I think exactly what you just said. I think it came down to pride. They were lifting up his pride. Notice all these kings, it's about Pride. Before a fall, it's what? Pride. So look what John 10, 10 says. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. These guys are trying to steal. I think the enemy was working through these men to try to kill Daniel. Because Daniel was God's spokesman. He had already been under two other kings. We, we read this on Sunday, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. These are schemes. These are planners. Do you see how the devil's working? He comes up with these schemes and these plans, and he works it to his ability. So look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 10 through 11. Anyone, anyone, anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And whatever I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are unaware of his schemes. Satan has schemes. These guys had schemes. We talked about this on Sunday, remember? I didn't plan on this. In fact, I, I'd already got this done when I preached on Sunday. So God obviously wants us to realize that Satan works through schemes. He plans things. And it's hard sometimes. We're, we're so, we get our focus so much on this earth that we forget that there's a battle going on. Right now there's a battle going on. The word schemes here comes from the Greek word methodia or methodia, which we get our word what? Method from. The word means wiles, cunning arts, deceit, crafty, tricky to lie in wait. 
How about this word? Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking or looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So he's a cunning guy. Remember, he makes himself to be out like an angel of light. So some things will look good, but they're not necessarily of God. Again, Satan often uses imaginations or arguments in our thoughts to trick us. Did God really? Boy, this is repeating what I preached on Sunday. Here we go. We're going to read another scripture from Sunday. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? Divine power to demolish strongholds. You remember what that word, uh, Greek word for uh, power was? Deutimus. Remember? Dynamite. We demolish arguments and every pretension sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And that is a daily battle. Can I tell you, it's usually, it's usually when it's uh, fights within the family, issues at home, issues at work, issues when you go to the store, maybe it's with the IRS. You know, I mean, I'm just thinking of different things. Your insurance company could be a bill. There's all kinds of things. So, number three, Daniel was not moved. Can I tell you that's something we need to take with us tonight? Daniel was not moved by what they did. So Daniel was faithful because he feared God, not man. Now, I got this together two weeks ago. I was done with this message almost two weeks ago. I just went back and fixed some things in it. I need to hear it. You need to hear it. We all need to hear it. Amen. So Daniel was not moved. He continued to do what God told him to do. So let's look at verse 10. Look what it says here. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, so he learns about it. Okay. He went home. <laughs> Most of us would be like, oh no, what are we going to do? Right? Daniel's not moved. He's probably in his 80s by now. According to most scholars, he was around 80 years old. He's like, man, I've lived my life. I'm not going to worry about it anymore, right? He gets to the point, well, you know what? If they take me, they take me. I'm going home to be with the Lord. So he's, he goes home to his upstairs room where the windows are open. I love that. He's just sta He stands out. The, the windows are He knows it's open. He's not afraid to declare who he serves. He's not moved by what others are doing. So it's open towards Jerusalem. And then look what he says. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he had done before. Hallelujah. He's like, you know what? Today's another day. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to go keep doing what I'm doing. I'm going to stick to what God's already told me. I'm going to stick to my plan. Look at Proverbs 29, 25. It says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. How many of us are people pleasers? I am sometimes. I don't like it when people are mad at me. I admit it. It bothers me. It doesn't say, I've been like that since I was a kid. 
my mom and dad will just tell me, just get over it. Some of us, God really has to help us in this area. Some people are, it's not a problem. Some people are like, ah, I don't care, you know. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, hey, why can't I have that kind of personality? It's because it's just not the way God made me. So, but how many of us are that way? Some of you guys may not be that way, and that's okay. That's great. I, I need to learn some things from you. And then vice versa, some of you guys need a little bit more compassion in some areas, right? Have you ever met somebody, they just don't care? And you're like, where's the compassion? And then they're thinking, what are you worried about, right? But he says here in Proverbs, fear of man will prove to be a snare. If we're more afraid of man, then are we going to be afraid of God? But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Matthew 10, 28, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one, and the one he's speaking of is God, Jesus. Jesus holds the keys to heaven and to Hades. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals or what can man do to me? Even what's going on with our nation, right? If something were to happen to us, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He is on our side. If God is for us, who can be against us? So like Satan, these men stood ready to accuse Daniel and trap the king. Let's look at verse 11 here. So Daniel does what he does. He prays three times a day. He gets on his knees. He's up in his upper room. He knows the window's open. Then look at verse 11. The, then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. They knew that he was going to do that. They knew Daniel's routine. They knew that because they said the only thing we can accuse him of is of worshiping and praying to his God. So they knew where he was at. Do people know who we serve? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Do people recognize, again, the difference in us from the world? My daughters, okay? I, I, I love my daughters because they keep me on the straight way, you know? I'm serious. Jesus keeps me on the straight way, but my, my daughters keep me. You know, I like some, I grew up with 70s music. My dad listens to 70s music. I, I struggle with it sometimes, and I, I put on an Eagles song the other day. Oh, your pastor listened to an Eagles song. Yes, I did. There was another good song on today by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. But anyways, but sorry, I know. So I start, and my daughter, she goes, Dad, is this Christian? <laughs> well, no. Well, you say we can't listen to non-Christian music. <laughs> I'm fighting because I like this song, and I'm fighting, and the flesh is going. Finally, I just flipped it over, Right? So we all have a lot of work to do in that area. So my kids, do they recognize it in me? Do other people, do our family members recognize it? Do our coworkers? So they, look at verse 12. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Uh, did you not publish a decree during the next 30 days that anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the laws and the means of person, which cannot be reappealed. He's not realizing that it's Daniel that they're trying to accuse. The guy that he likes, the guy that he promoted, that he really wants in charge. 
Again, I think it goes back to pride, something you mentioned here. Yeah, I put that in there. Yep, that was me, right? And look at verse 13. Then they said to the king, Daniel, <laughs> you know that guy you promoted, that guy that you really like. Here's the jealousy coming up. He's the teacher's pet, right? Daniel, uh, the, who is one of the exiles from Judah. Notice the focus on Judah. The Babylonians, even after all those years, still did not like the Jews. Okay? He says to him, pays no attention to you, O king. Notice they make it a personal thing. They make it personal. When the enemy comes and attacks, he tries to make it personal. Okay? He still prays three times a day. O king, or to, or to the decree you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He wasn't angry. He wasn't mad. He was distressed. He's like, oh, no, I just messed up. I just put a decree in, and, uh, and he probably knew Daniel's life and just forgot about it, right? He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. So he's trying to think of a way, how can I get that? This is my top guy. Again, don't make quick decisions. Look at all the facts. Verse 15, Then the men went as a group to the king and said to him, Remember, O king, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. And I think the king knew that. That's why he was trying to save him, but there was nothing he could do about it. So the king has to follow through because if he doesn't, they're going to look at him and they're going to report him to King Cyrus. And they're also going to look at him as like, he's not, he's not God. Remember, they worship lots of gods. They, they put these people in pedestals. Look at Revelation 12, 10. I like this. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Who, these men are representing Satan to accuse Daniel of doing something for God. Guys, there's going to come a time, and it's already starting to happen here in the United States, that we're going to be accused of serving our God. It's happening already. I just heard a story, and uh, uh, I heard a, a, a good message. This guy does studies, and he said, every time that they've gotten rid of freedom of speech, genocide happened. You look at every society where a dictator came in. The first thing that they kill is freedom of speech. You can't talk. You know what they want to do on the internet now? They want to, they want to, uh, they're, they're going to try to do this in the world. They, uh, to censor us. They've already started. Remember all the censoring they've done? That's what they're doing. And so, again, the enemy accuses us before the Father day and night. And these guys are doing that. And he's working through these men to do it. And so that gives you a picture. What is Satan doing? Did you see what they did today? He stands up. Did you see how they acted towards that person today? They deserve to go to hell. He does that. And you know what Jesus says? <laughs> the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Just like Joshua. Symbolic of things to come. This stick was on fire, but he's been snatched from the fire. And he's been washed. And he's been cleansed. 
So I'm trying to get you to see the picture in the Old Testament, what Satan did in the Old Testament, and the, the same things he did then, he still does today. And the, the wonderful, not the wonderful thing, the horrible thing. Well, I, don't, I better not say wonderful thing. The horrible thing is we still fall for it. Right? We do. We still fall for the same old traps. Oh, look, I didn't even realize this. I put Joshua in there. Zechariah chapter 3. Look. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Guys, before we came to Jesus, we were all burning sticks. And Jesus has snatched us from the fire. So how did Daniel, how Daniel dealt with this persecution is how we should deal with persecution or suffering. I want to finish with it. It's almost 8 o'clock. You guys mind going to these scriptures real quick? You got your Bibles? Because I didn't put it up on the screen. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to end with this tonight. 1 Peter chapter 3. Look at verses 13 through 17. Peter is dealing with a lot of suffering that's going on. Remember, this is he was the pastor of a church, the early church, and, and the church had been scattered. And he says this, Who is going to harm you? Verse 13, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Was Daniel blessed? Yeah, he was blessed by the Lord. And, and we're going to look at the rest of the story next week, but God got him out of it. We know that, right? You're blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Master, set apart. He's made him, you got to make this a conscious decision. You're my Lord. I'm going to continue to serve you. Daniel chose. God's my Lord. I'm going to continue to serve you no matter what happens. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Now, Daniel might have not preached a sermon, but he preached a big sermon by just getting on his knees and praying three times a day. But do this with gentleness and respect. That means not shoving it down people's throats. Verse 16, keeping a clear conscience, right? Blameless and pure, excellent spirit, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior, same with Daniel. Did Daniel have good behavior? Yeah, they couldn't find a charge against him. Same with us. In Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For I think I was going to go on. Nope, that's it. So it's, it's better to suffer for doing God's will and doing good than doing evil. And there are those times when God has to correct us. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but when I worked for Tulsa County one time, I had a CB mic, a, a Cobra CB mic. It wasn't the company's. I bought it myself, and we would talk to each other on our radios. And I, we were hauling some sand from District 3 Yard out to, the, the, out to Sand Springs, or to Bigsby, I'm sorry, from the Bigsby plant. And I remember one time, have you ever been stuck in traffic? And if you've never been in a dump truck, it's heavy. You know, and it doesn't take off in a dime. And I'm taking a left-hand turn on a really busy road, and it seemed like, oh, it was clear except for one car. One car. Now, before this happened, I was on the highway, and I called a guy a jerk, and I said, oh, Lord, please forgive me. So now I'm standing there 
or sitting there in my dump truck waiting to take, and I got irritated because I'm like, come on, right? I know I'm not the only one. And I said, you jerk. And I got down there, dumped my load, and I get back to get my next load, and I remember Ronnie Cates came out, and he goes, they always used to call me Rev. Hey, Rev, or Preacher Boy. And he comes, hey, Rev, we heard you. <laughs> my mic got stuck. Boy, I turned that mic off for the rest of the day. But it was a reminder that God was trying to teach me a lesson. Are you really, are you really sorry? Did you really mean it? Right? Okay, I'm going to have to teach you a lesson here. <laughs> I, I will never forget that. Have you ever bit your tongue? Literally ask God, God, I, I, help me bite my tongue, and then you literally bite it? I've done that. And I, you think I'd still learn, and I don't always learn. All right, one last one. We gotta, we'll go through this. Go with me to chapter 4, verses 12 through 18. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting verse 12. He says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Okay, there was persecution going on, and, and, and Peter's dealing with that trial. Now, persecution, again, comes in many different forms. Uh, we haven't really faced major persecution here in the United States. But there are different types of trials and sufferings that we go through. And sometimes, and, and I, have to often, I have to admit, when trials come or difficulties come, I get surprised. I do. We shouldn't, but I get frustrated and irritated with it, right? I guess, I guess I'm the only one that does, but all right. Verse 13, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Now he's talking about persecuting, being persecuted for Jesus. That's what Daniel did. Daniel was serving the Lord. He was being persecuted for praying to God, for being faithful. So if you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Notice the word is spirit is capitalized that means the holy spirit is in you and he rests on you and we got to be careful that in ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 that we don't grieve the holy spirit of whom we were sealed for the day of redemption is what it says so then he says this he says if you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even as a meddler, right? Amen to that. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. Don't be ashamed of it. But praise God that you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if he begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Notice judgment starts with the house, with the house of God. God deals with us first. Discipline. Judgment. Boy, people don't even like that word anymore. You're judging me. <laughs> well, I made judgments today. <laughs> I'm not going to park in that spot because it's too close. And I ended up parking there anyways. You know where the carts go? Because it was the only one I could find. And it was so close, I was like, how am I going to get out of the car? So you kind of, you know, you do that one old street thing so you don't hit the back side car, you know, and all that other stuff. And then he goes on to say here in verse 18, And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, 
What will become of the ungodly and sinner? Then this is the point I want to make here. So then, those who suffer according to whose will? God's will. Should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Was Daniel suffering according to God's will? God permitted that to happen. And I believe God permitted that to happen for a reason. To point to the king or to show the king who the God really is or was. Was and is, right? I, re I really believe that. I believe God allowed. Daniel went through a lot of things. Look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You think that they would have remembered these stories. They didn't even come out smelling like smoke. Man, you go into a fire where the guys that are throwing you in get burned and you're not burned up and there's one like the Son of God, which I think is a pre-carnate pre Christ. We call that a Christophanes, which is a physical manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament before he came in the flesh. Remember, he's part of the Trinity. He's God. And he's walking around in there. So when Jesus is with you in the, in the fire, right, you're not going to come out even smelling like smoke if you trust him. So that's what he's saying here. God says, so then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator. No, I like that. Faithful creator means he is faithful. He's faithful to us. That's not easy when you're going through it, right? Is it hard to get our mind clear when we're going through things? It really is sometimes. Some of us, it's not a problem. For me, it is. I have a problem shutting this thing off. I, I don't know. Is, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm still young to many of you, but I'm getting close to 50, right? When you were close to 50, did you have a hard time shutting your brain off at night? Yeah, I, I, that happened to me the other night. I went, man, I had to take a relaxive pee. pee or not pee, but that's gross. I meant tea. <laughs> I do not, never mind. I'm not going to go there. But there was a, relax, a relaxation tea that somebody had given me. And I went, man, I don't have any melatonin. So I went and took it. It did not help. It just made me feel weird. Anyways, again, we need to commit ourselves to our faithful creator and continue to do what he's called us to do. To just live for him. Continue to be for him. We need to follow Daniel's example. Now, you know, James Vernon McGee, again, it, the Holy Spirit would come on them. I, I guess I agree with that to some point. You know, in the Old Testament, let me explain something. In the Old Testament, it said where the Holy Spirit would come on them and rest upon them. When God would anoint somebody. So when David said, take not your Holy Spirit from me, that's what he's talking about. But there is a difference in the Old Testament versus the New Testament. The Holy Spirit now indwells us. You see the difference? Not only does he indwell us, but he also comes upon us and rests upon us. So we get a double portion. We don't even just get him resting on us. We have him indwelling us. That is something to be wonderful about. And we may not always feel it. I didn't feel it today. I don't always feel it. Do you guys feel it sometimes? When, when, when your knees are hurting, your back's hurting, or something's going on, do you ever feel it? No. And when we don't feel it, what we stand on is this right here. Because there's going to be days our emotions and our feelings are like this. And what we need to stay on is the Word of God. 
God's promises. Stick to the word. I had one of my girls the other day watching something, and I said, Brianna, oh, I just said her name. Anyways, Brianna, I said, stick to the word. If it's not, if somebody says something, it's not in the word, throw it away. It has to line up with the word of God. Even if it's a prophetic word, I believe that's rhema word. It has to line up with the word of God. If it doesn't line up with the word, then you need to be cautious of it, right? Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word. Your words are true, and your words are yes and amen in Christ. Father, help us to be like Daniel. Help us to continue to do what you're calling us to do. Help us to continue to do what you've asked us to do. Even when the enemy's coming against us, even when he's come in like a huge storm, like when, Lord, when you were on the, on the Sea of Galilee with the disciples and the storm came up, you weren't moved, you were asleep in the boat. Jesus, we have perfect peace in you when you're in the boat because you're the one that can calm the storm and even if we're in the storm, you're in the boat. You're going through it with us. So I ask whoever needs that tonight, whoever needed to hear that, do you give them strength, do you give them encouragement? Fill them with your presence and your Holy Spirit. And Lord, open up doors this week, divine appointments, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you.